0: just going to die if they don't bring the designated hitter to the National League.
1: We got fresh <laughs> frozen strawberry margaritas and Terry's bringing us chips and salsa all night long. Nick's hips do not lie.
2: <laughs> yeah, I got a MF wagon.
0: Like,
2: let's be real.
0: <laughs> the Washington Nationals
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Half Street High Heat. You can find them wherever your podcasts are downloaded or sold. With me, as always, is Ray Knight. Uh, Johnny, I think this is going to be a great episode. I do. They're going to talk baseball, Johnny, and the baseball is the reason they talk and what they talk about. I think that's important to talk about baseball, and
1: if you're a baseball podcast, you're going to end up talking lots of baseball. Well, that's awesome. Thank you very much, Johnny and Ray. Bob Carpenter with you here, and now let's start the show. (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey everybody! <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to another episode of Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us as always. I am Amanda. You can follow me on Twitter at awhite7877. You can follow Ryan at DCNatJack and Nick at HalfShackCap. You can follow OPT One Pursuit Takes, our digital media coordinator, at One Pursuit Takes, and you can follow Monty, our blog coordinator, at M Davis Taylor, and the show at Half Street High Heat, although you should be following all of those accounts already. I am joined this evening by my persiflageful co hosts, Nick and Ryan. How you doing guys?
1: Well I don't know what
2: persiflageful means, but I like
1: it.
0: It's nice, right? You know, it I just said that
1: and my furniture started floating.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a good one. It's a good one tonight. I couldn't wait to drop that one on y'all. So what there does you it go. Mean? It means basically like um, full of witty banter and lighthearted discussions.
2: Yep, I agree. Definitely yeah. lighthearted.
0: It's a good one, Not right? Not serious
2: at all. Don't mean anything I say. Yeah.
0: You are extremely persiflageful.
2: <laughs> Schadenfreude. <laughs>
0: That's a good word. <laughs> the Germans always have the best words that mean great things. Like If you ever need a word that means like, some some long-winded concept. You can be sure the Germans have one single word that means that thing. Anyway, so the gnats suck. What's up with you guys?
2: Yeah, gnats suck. Oh, God. <laughs> really bad. Um, made another trip to the fish store today. Uh, so I'll oh, give wow. my weekly aquarium update. Everything cycled. We're good. I wasn't going to get fish, but, you know, I'm impatient as hell. So I got I got some fish, mixed it up, got a nice little tank going. But now I, I've smartened up. I don't put them directly into my current tank. I got like a – it was like 10 bucks, but it's a 10-gallon tank, and it's a quarantine tank. So even my fish are quarantining right now. Um, mm. So it's basically so they don't, like, give my current fish that are already, like, you know, adapted to the ecosystem in the water and all that. The new fish don't bring any, like, parasites or viruses or anything like that. Shocker, I mean, you – are considerate when there's a virus going around, and you quarantine for two weeks so that you don't spread the virus to anyone else. So it's a great concept. Yeah. Um, That's weird. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> if only I could make them wear masks. Um, but Little
0: tiny fish masks, I'd pay yeah. good money to see that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I got that, and I was gonna get some shrimp too, because I don't know if you like ever wanted it into a Petco and like looked at all the fish, I do that frequently. And they had these like little baby shrimp, and they um, they're like different colors, so they're really cool. And I got a blue one by accident the last time I tried to get fish. He was a little stowaway, um, and he mm-hmm. just happened to get in the bag, and it was awesome because like the it's a one of the blueberry shrimp, and they cost like fifteen bucks, and I got it for free because he was a little baby and the guy didn't notice him. So I got a fifteen bucks shrimp for free. I named him Good. Peter. Um, and uh, I was oh I was gonna get more, but they're like quarantining those fish at the fish store. So even the fish store is quarantining their fish. So so the aquarium lives on. I'm gonna get fish or not fish, shrimp in a couple of weeks and uh hopefully then, <laughs> then I'll I'll be done with all my like I would highly well, what recommend. will we
0: do without our weekly I know, right? aquarium uh, update.
2: <laughs> I would say if you are impatient like me, do not get an aquarium because to make it successful it's a lot of waiting around, which I hate. So, this stinks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's a lot more, um, like, immediate gratification is, is a kitten. So, that's a nice segue <laughs> into our fin update
1: for the yeah. week. So, I'm a dad. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> a dad and a mom. Like, he's, he's a freaking baby. Like, I feel like I have a real kid. He's currently going nuts in my room because, like, I'm a new ball. Um, he's at the phase where he wants to just, like, chew and nibble on everything. Um, and of course, he doesn't like to use his stuffed animal or his actual chew toys I got him. Instead, he likes to nibble on my ears when I'm sleeping and my fingers because, you know, that's just what cats do, I guess. So that's just great. Um, Your cat
0: may just be a vicious cannibal. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, technically all cats are vicious cannibals. But I think he's teething, so he just wants to chew on everything. Uh, but he wakes me up at 6.45 every single morning because he's hungry. And I'm trying to get him on like the 7.30, 7.30 wet food diet time, like feeding times. But uh, homie yeah. likes the Yeah, 5 a.m. He's hungry. Yeah. He wants the 6.45. That's when he's like, no, what, I can't do this anymore. And he just wakes me up because he's so hungry. <laughs> he's like, I have power. I will use it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And they're nocturnal. So by that time, it's like the end of his evening. He's like, listen, I need some food so I can crash out.
1: I know. Sure. No, but he's, yeah. he's doing well. He's, he's, a, he's a cute cat.
0: Are you going to put some pictures up for us to see? Or um, we do no face reveals on Finn either?
1: So I most. don't, as a celebrity, I don't want to show my kid off. <laughs> I don't think that's fair to him.
2: Yeah, like you can't be exploiting your kid around. Otherwise, yeah. you're a Kardashian.
1: Exactly. So, like, you know how when anytime Bryce Harper post posts a picture of his kid, they're, like, covering the face? That's what I would do uh-huh. with Finn. I'm just going to, like, cover his face just so no one can see it. Just just to protect the identity, you know? I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a caring you father.
0: Want, you wouldn't want the paparazzi mother. out trying to get pictures of
1: him. Um I I can I, 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 yeah, I was trying paparazzi. to think of one paparazzi. P A
0: W. Oh. Oh, I yeah. see what you did
2: there. Uh. Amanda, how's your produce? Yeah.
0: My produce is out of control. I hate my garden. I never want to look at it again. It's just so <laughs> I hate it so much. Just
2: burn it. I am, set it, set it this on is the fire. point of
0: the summer I get to every year. I like – I am always like – in February, I'm looking at seed catalogs, and I'm so excited for my garden, and then I'm planting things in April and May, and then, like, June comes along, and I'm excited because everything's starting to grow, and then July, I'm like, oh, hell, what am I going to do with all this food? And then in August, I'm like, F this garden. I never want to look at it again. So it's August.
2: I mean, so, I would imagine the bartering yeah. system is really popular uh, where you live um, because that's really the only form of currency out in bum hell nowhere. I almost mm-hmm. said bum F, but, you know, family podcast. But this is
0: a family podcast. Yeah. yeah speaking, of, um, speaking of, speaking of, I believe I had a visitor out to my neck of the woods this week.
2: <laughs> Ryan Anybody
0: want to, Ryan, Hello? Hello? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Whenever wow. Ryan goes silent, so, it's
1: because Finn is attacking him.
0: <laughs> yes, or he's playing video games. It's one of oh,
1: no, I was, I was watching a TikTok. Um, anyways, MLB. Well, enjoy it while you can.
0: Anyways, so how was your visit to Winchester? What did you think?
1: Uh, I thought we were doing the weekend review. Um, Winchester sucks. <laughs> uh, like, So the winery, the winery we went to is really nice. And, like, Which was one hot. was it? Uh, we went to Naked Mountain. Oh yeah, that is a nice one. Not not a lot of the wineries are open on Wednesdays, but like just looking at the weather for the week, Wednesday was the nicest weather, so we're like, all right, let's just go Wednesday. Um, so we went and naked mountain was really nice. There was no one there it was actually really great. Um you have to not to worry great. about some like idiot hacking not wearing a mask. So it was really nice. And then my dad was like, Can't hey, just like drive through Winchester. First of all, I don't know how Amanda, um goes to any sporting events during the week because it was like three and a half hours out past West Virginia. It is not. <laughs> um, I saw someone on the side of the road with a horse and buggy and just like bushels and bushels of produce and I was like oh my god that's Amanda, Amanda Winchester but like and driving.
0: I, I told them I would like to point out that he said it was at least three bushels and I said then that must have been somebody else because I have way more produce than that in my garden.
1: And like could, driving. could be me. Driving through the town, I was looking for Amanda and Winchester Realty, but I didn't see it because there's only car places. Don't know what's up with that, but it was a, it was a nice little quaint town. A lot of construction. A lot lot of construction.
0: Yeah, it depends on where you're There actually is a super fantastic historic downtown in Winchester with like a pedestrian walking mall that stretches for blocks. Yeah, that area is really cool. There are some crappy parts of Winchester, like any town, and there are there is one stretch, like, down a little south of town that's, like, 14 car dealerships that go for, like, three miles down the road. That might have been where you were.
1: I think that's where we were, because, like, so, like yeah. I've, I've grown up in Northern Virginia my entire life, so I'm used to, like, civilization. Like, everything is, like, way overcrowded here, so anytime I go, like, anywhere else, I'm just, like, so bamboozled by it. I'm like, where's I have
0: your... the lack of being crowded? Where is everybody?
1: I'm like, oh. how far do you have to drive to a Chipotle? Like, where's your closest Chili's? Like, there's a
0: Chipotle in Winchester and a Chili's actually,
1: so how it's far? not
0: absolutely the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty far to get downtown. It takes me like an hour and a half to get like all the way down
2: into God. downtown, which Ooh, is in a the long same time. city you live in.
1: I think she means like in the sa- Downtown DC.
2: Oh God, I thought you meant. Yeah. Downtown, oh, okay. Winchester. My, hold downtown on. Winchester. No, wait. What is? Is this a generational thing? No, to
0: DC. Because
1: my parents say downtown also, but I've never heard anyone my age say downtown. And like maybe my, it is. To me, boss, like when I'm going
0: to the city, I'm going downtown. Typically,
2: DC is above us, at least for Ryan and myself. Like it's more northern, so it wouldn't be. Downtown. I see. Well, because yeah, like easy my to boss me, does it. But... Like, anyway, oh, I'm going Winchester's
0: far as hell, but it is nice. There's not a lot of people out here. So, like, traffic, like, rush hour traffic for me, if I'm actually in Winchester at rush hour, is, like, I have to sit through two cycles of the light where 7 and 81 <laughs> have an interchange. So that's kind of great. But, yeah, getting downtown to a Nats game is a bit of a thing. I usually leave at like, 3 p.m. if I'm going to go to a 7 p.m. Nats game because that gives me two hours to get down there and park and, and go inside. and. Hopefully watch a little a little BP, get some food,
1: wait for the game. Uh, that way like you get home things. at, like, 2 a.m.?
0: I do get home at, like, 2 a.m., yeah. Oof.
1: A <laughs> I cannot do that on the weekend. It's really
0: long. The drive, ho- the drive down there is, like, crappy because of traffic, but the drive home sucks
2: it because it's yeah, dark I, I and I'm tired. I couldn't get uh, home at 2 a.m. because that's way too late to kiss the homies goodnight. <laughs> <laughs> I love my homies so much. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Priorities. Yeah. Nick and I Priority. talk each other in every single night. Yep.
0: Aw, you guys are so cute. In a creepy way.
1: You gotta keep <laughs>
2: your real ones close. Keep Your homies closer.
0: <laughs> so anyway, that's my, my, my uh weekend review is I'm sick of my garden. I don't wanna eat any more peaches
2: next week. Cease and desist. Cease and desist. Next you week know, you're gonna <laughs> exactly. do one review
0: too. <laughs> Enough. And I was super busy at work and I'm tired. That's my whole update. So now we can do our real weekend review and talk about baseball, which yeah. is pressing because, as the aforementioned, not suck reason.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do the weekend review as Finn is currently ambushing his little tube around the room, so you guys may hear that. <laughs> but major league baseball and the federal government can learn a thing or two from how perfect the NBA is nailing their return to play plan. Because baseball is awful. The Cardinals yet again ruin everything. They have three more players test positive. So far that's nine players and seven staffers. The weekend series is shut down versus the Cubs. And Major League Baseball told them not to expect to play for at least three to five days. Players are told to practice on their own. They're not allowed to do practices with any other teammates. So far 24 games have been postponed through two weeks. MLB has announced new rules, though. Face masks are required for everyone at every single situation and place on, in the stadium on the field, sorry, except for when the players are on the field. Players must wear them in dugouts. Now, rule breakers will get a season-long suspension and security will be at team hotels making players, making sure players do not leave. Former Angels employee Eric Kay has been charged with possession and intent to distribute, vet, distribute Fentanyl, which was a drug found in Tyler Skaggs body at the time of his death Early regional sports network TV ratings and ad revenues are up compared to 2019 ESPN announced that they will be airing seven of the eight best of three playoff series and they said they're going to do a Daily NCA tournament style broadcast schedule. That means 12 plus hours of playoff baseball every single day Cody Decker speaks about the levels of anti-Semitism in baseball and says it's extremely rampant and is one of the underlining issues within the sport. To the NL East and to the best story in baseball is the team with the best win percentage in baseball, the Miami Marlins. The Marlins have 19 players on the COVID IL. They have starting pitchers who have never played above high A. They have players who haven't played baseball in years, Their second baseman is a former Olympic athlete, and they have one player who's hitting above 300, and he only has seven ABs. They are seven to one. They're about to lose. They're going to be seven and two. Second place, we have the nine and six Braves. The Braves bullpen is providing key insurance for their struggling rotation, um, and their organist played beat it while Reese McGuire was coming up to bat. You know, Reese McGuire, the guy who was caught pleasuring himself, classic. And third are the 4-4 four four Phillies. Top prospect Spencer Howard is making his MLB debut on Sunday. The much-hyped pitching prospect is going to be on the mound. That should be fun to watch. They took 2-3 against the Yankees in the return to play, and they beat the Braves 5-0 tonight. And fourth place are the 4-7 Washington Nationals, and offense has been the story as they cannot get anything going in the middle of the order. More on that later. Um, Friday, the Nats got blanketed eleven to nothing by the O's, which was the largest loss a defending World Series champion has had to a below five hundred team in Major League Baseball history. Love it. And today, Doolittle collapsed again, and the Nats lost five to three. In last place, we have the Mets at five and nine. On this week's, uh, sorry, on last week's episode, Brandon, we talked about the whole Jonas Cespedes incident. Well, Brandon Nemo came out and said that the entire team knew that Jonas Sespis was opting out hours before the Mets released their statement. Pete Alonso has been bullied on Instagram this entire week about his girlfriend, um, and Mets are once again a mess. Please donate to help Lebanon in the wake of the devastating blast at their port, which was felt over 20 miles away. There are great organizations that you can donate that are going to help them at this time. They are the WFP, the WHO, the INHCR, and the UN Humanitarian Affairs Office. Please donate and help out those in need. This has been your Week in Review.
0: All right, well. I don't think I had the Nats in fourth and the Mets in fifth on my radar. Point
2: of <laughs> I tried to throw the Mets a bone, right? I you did. you were in the division, and <laughs> this is the and most. And this is how they pay team. you. The most yeah, there. <laughs> <team.
0: Woof. laughs> yeah, they are the hottest of messes, and the Marlins thing is just like I have no words. Like there's just no explaining it.
1: It's so it, funny. Like, it's
0: so funny, and honestly, it's, it's interesting to me, I was thinking to myself as I was reading some stuff, getting ready for this tonight, how I'm normally, like, living and dying on every game, and I'm just like, whatever, this season feels so crazy and bizarre that I'm just, like, enjoying the baseball I get to watch, and I'm just not as, I don't know, I, I'm not as upset when they lose or as euphoric when they win as I would normally be, I guess.
2: With the Marlins, though, it, it's interesting. Well, it's cool because obviously what they're going to be 7-2 and because Ryan, Ryan said they're losing right now. But if they just go f- like 500 for the rest of the year, that's still going to be like 32 wins, and they will make the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. The funniest part, like everyone's like, oh, like they haven't beaten anyone good. They only played the Orioles and the Phillies. I'm like, the Marlins are supposed to suck at normal strength. They have a bunch of rejects from other teams and guys who literally have been stuck in the minor leagues forever, and they threw back-to-back shutouts. Like, How are you not impressed with the story of the Marlins? Right? It's yeah, Derek it's Jeter a Jeter fun story. Embrace you can't help, but... It's Derek Jeter, or God. Embrace the bait. Yeah.
0: I don't know. It just seems like a really weird turn of events and a really weird season. And as we're now seeing that the Cardinals are not gonna play the Cubs and then it looks like what was it, the Pirates they're supposed to play next? They're probably not yeah. gonna to get to play. I mean, I still keep wondering how many postponed games can you have before
2: yeah. the, I mean, you can't like your, make it
0: work anymore, you know? They,
2: they scheduled a bunch of double headers for later in the season, but yeah, at some point you won't be able to do that anymore
1: and well it's a logistical nightmare. Right. But yeah. It's
0: like the, the schedule is like a rough draft. It's ridiculous. And I don't know. I mean, I guess right now we're not seeing any more outbreaks. This Cardinals one is like an on you know, a continuation of the one that is, we, we already knew about, which is great. It's fantastic news. But I, I can't help but think that, that that isn't going to be sustainable yeah. with the travel that they're doing and everything else. And I don't know. The, you know, the the increased strictness of the rules will probably help somewhat, but it's still, I don't know, like, Soto hit a home run and Suzuki was smacking his ass after the uh, (laughs) run in the dugout. So I just feel like maybe everybody's still not taking the distancing rules as seriously as maybe they need to. Because if somebody gets it in in the airport or, you know, because their wife comes home from work with it or whatever, I still think there's too much closeness for it not to spread throughout a team if somebody else gets it. And odds are somebody else is going to get
2: it. Yep. I wouldn't want Kurt Suzuki smacking my ass either. That's reserved for Ryan.
0: You know what? You don't have to lie. You are among <laughs> my friend here. This is a safe space.
2: No, because everyone on the NAS mm-hmm. could smack my ass except for Kurt Suzuki and Michael A. Taylor. And Adam Eaton. I would even let Adam Eaton. Uh, His name is Spanky. I have to know what that's
1: like. You're right.
0: Wow. could see we isolate this audio and add it to the <laughs> intro? Of the podcast, please.
1: I'll let everyone in so, the, the record, smack ass.
0: For the record, Nick would let Adam Eaton smack his ass.
2: So, yeah, his just, name is Spanky. So I, you're telling me you wouldn't want to know what that's like? You're lying.
0: I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we got down a rabbit hole.
2: <laughs> Something okay, went wrong.
0: Something's gone wrong.
2: Mom picked me up. I'm that one out.
1: <laughs> wow, look at Amanda using a meme.
2: <laughs> yeah you're welcome, you're welcome. Um, Ryan I'm <laughs> gonna steal uh, what we talked about earlier in the week Amanda did you know that if the season gets canceled the players get their full agreed-upon salaries
1: Is like that not true? not the prorated salary I, I read it in Ken Rosenthal's article it's not the prorated it's their actual 2019 salary which was uh, really are you funny serious? because that whole hey we're gonna cancel the season thing went away real quick and I bet it was when they remembered, oh, um, we agreed to that, so yeah, we're not going to cancel this. Event. Yeah. So, so if they
0: cancel it at any point between now and the end, and it doesn't finish, then everybody's due their full salary. Full salary.
1: Yep. The regular season. Oh, then uh,
0: they're never going to cancel. Gonna it doesn't matter. Ca- if ne- there's
1: like right. That was there could the be like three at,
0: teams yeah. left standing at the end, like littered with bodies, and they would be like, "We're they're, having the playoffs."
2: Well, even it doesn't anymore,
1: it, so- it doesn't include the playoffs though.
2: But even more so, like say the Cardinals. For well, if a bunch of teams come down with COVID, they're going to be like, well, look at the Marlins. The Marlins fielded a team of nobodies, and they're still competitive. So they're not going to cancel. They're just not. No, no,
0: and they may not. Money is everything, obviously. As we playoff baseball, baby,
1: let's go playoff baseball. I don't know. And that new deal with ESPN uh, to broadcast all those games. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Let me ask you guys a question, joking yeah. aside. Do you feel more or less like the season is like a legitimate, this is a season that shouldn't have an asterisk, which was our argument going into the so, season? Like, do you guys feel the same about it or differently now?
1: I I don't, for well, one, I don't think they should be playing. But two, I if you're looking mean. at from the whole championship no asterisks whatsoever like you got to look at the emotional the physical and like the mental toll all these players are going through like the dodgers cubs nats and a couple other teams are now telling players they can't stay with their families anymore which is why the players didn't want the bubble and basically they're going to be living in hotels the rest of the year like everything they're going through the fact that there was such a long stoppage the fact that we've had multiple teams already had to stop for a week like, that throws off your entire grind, and that adds entire stress, the Marlins were confined to their hotel rooms for a week, like, that sucks, like, all of that they have to go through, all the worry about the travel, the double headers, everything they're gonna have to do added to it, I think that makes this championship matter that much, like, honestly, even more, like, I like I know a lot of the players in the NBA said it, a lot of the players in the NHL said it, a lot of the players in baseball said it, because you have to think of everything they're going through this year, it's gonna be even harder to get to that final goal.
2: Yeah, like I get it's not the same, obviously as the hundred sixty two game season with, you know, wildcard game, playoffs, all that good stuff. And and that that's fine, that's a fair argument, but like to each their own, right? This is a very different circumstance. It's one we might not ever see again, but that doesn't mean it's not a very difficult task for these players to to go through. It's not a very difficult ordeal, or it do, You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Ryan laid it out perfectly. Like the the mental aspect, the, the grind of being dropped into you know a, a playoff stretch with everyone uh, having the same record. Expanded playoffs, yes, but also you don't get like a real spring training. People like Soto getting completely screwed over by the league for multiple reasons and not getting spring training. Thank God he's really damn good. And he can come in and be our best hitter. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing concerning he didn't get a a summer (laughs) camp. But I, I, it just, there's so many different factors that make this season tough that I do think it is a uh, legitimate championship. If you want to compare it to a regular one, I get that you might not, value it the same way, but I don't think this season's World Series winner is any less legitimate in my opinion.
0: Interesting. So then the answer is no, nothing's changed from the way you guys feel about it. Because I, I don't know. I, no. I even more now feel like it, it's so far removed from what a normal season would be. I don't dispute for one second any of what you said about the difficulty, especially even just mentally the difficulty, let alone physically, of uh, ramping up with especially pitchers. We've seen a rash of injuries like it's an incredibly difficult thing they're being asked to do and I I don't think they should be doing it but a lot of
2: pitchers I, struggling too
0: yeah they are there's an
2: alarming just, injury me, the, trend as
0: this mm-hmm. goes on it feels less and less like a real baseball season like whatever this is is a very difficult thing that they're doing but I don't know, to me, to call a team World Series champions when what they've done is utterly and completely different than what any other team that's been called World Series champions had to do, it's just so different. For me, it doesn't feel like it's the same, that that you should be handing out the same, Do you know what I mean, that you should be calling it the same thing at the end. Right, I mean, I agree.
1: But you keep saying, like, it's different. Yes, it's different. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but everything that's different is making it more challenging for the players like That's every exactly. all the differences and everything is making it harder it's not a regular season these players can't do the regular routines they got shut down they couldn't practice for four whole months after they got ramped up like they're not allowed to practice when their games are postponed like that takes a toll on you you get out of rhythm you lose your timing. time oh, yeah injury like all that stuff is just making it even more challenging and it's really showing that I don't disagree
0: I just still think that that a whole a world series championship means a thing and this isn't that thing that's so all you saying, think you know it should? I mean? be, like,
1: you think it should be easier with no challenges oh you're just being idiotic, so I'm being not, idiotic. what I'm
0: saying is you said because it's different. It you just shouldn't think count. it should be easier with no challenges. That's a dumb thing.
1: In a hundred and sixty-two game season last year, you're playing start to finish. You can see your family. You can go out, do whatever you want. You right? Have exactly. Your that's relievers. my
0: point. It's a different thing, and I don't think like if you yeah, have a tournament so for a for if you have a tournament for a sport and you crown a champion of that tournament or you crown a winner of that tournament, that's fine. But it's not the same. If it's a different thing than their regular season, I don't think it should be called the same thing. I don't don't, I will not look at whoever wins the World Series, whether it was the Nats or anybody else, as a real World Series champion. I just won't. It'll this always have
2: this season is harder. Like it just is for a multitude of reasons. Oh, it's harder in a, no. in a
0: ton of ways.
2: But also, okay, so you just admitted that it's harder. So I don't know why. It I feel be. like you're I, just I, look, say I feel it like wasn't a harder. Okay, oh, like yes. it, it right, being difficult game, really,
0: isn't think... the argument that My we're having. Point, I never said eight. it wasn't difficult.
2: All right, all right. Don't get your panties in a wad. Um, but point being, it and I know we can't take the COVID aspect out of it, but just in this hypothetical, say COVID, you know, was all cleared up by June 15th, right? Which was about okay. when we got the agreement that the season would be played. And so everything is good. There's no COVID in, in this alternate reality. Like would okay. you at that point say – Oh, baseball can only get sixty games, and it's not worth having a season because it's not the same. Or would you say everything is good to go? Let's play baseball regardless of whether it's sixty games or one hundred sixty-two games. Right. That, that's kind I of the way I look say, at it.
0: Yeah, if it were totally safe and there were no like right now, I don't think right, right. and obviously not, I don't think it's safe. But so if playing. if it were perfectly safe, I still wouldn't look at a sixty-game season as This as a legitimate season. I just wouldn't. I don't think sixty is a legitimate season.
1: You're only (laughs) looking at it from
2: play at that point. If everything's good, everything's Gucci. You're going to play at that point, and you can't help that there's some extraordinary circumstance that prevented you from playing a full season, right? And and I get that it's different, but also in a 162 game season, if the freaking Pirates, well, Pirates probably aren't the right example, but Marlins, for (laughs) example, if they started off poorly they're just going to give up like they're not going to make any acquisitions they're not going to like try to salvage their season they're just going to give up so by the time we get into what is august 8th in a normal 162 game season you have half the league that's not even trying anymore
0: yeah and, like, and that's get, another
2: that's another team, discussion about right, whether team's at the, team to the top like yes. it is a full grind and i'm not taking anything away from that but you do get a lot of fluff uh, series and parts of your schedule during this time, because there are teams that just are actively not trying. Not that the players aren't trying, but the the organizations, their philosophy is just they're not putting out. the their pieces focus. in
0: place to compete right, all. Right. That. No, I get what you're saying.
2: See, I do, and
0: I think that's a whole that's a whole different conversation about whether you know they should. And, you know, the teams are getting their revenue sharing regardless of whether they try. Okay, and We've no. had that anyway. That's a whole. Like I said, that's another. I my last point saying, I'm gonna
1: make is that for this whole argument, I feel like you're just looking at it from 60 games, and you're like, 60 games isn't the same as 162, it doesn't count as much, and you like made up your mind, but you're not looking at it from the fact that these 60 games are going to be just as exhausting, maybe even more, as the 162 games, which is why I'm saying it counts just as much, and the players agree, because there's been a lot of players who've said that.
0: I hear you, and I see what your point is. I just Like, if there was no you.
1: COVID and they're only playing 60 games, I would maybe agree with you. But all the extra challenges yeah. that they're going through this year just makes it – this. like, I didn't know how to finish that sentence, but, like, you know what I'm saying. Like, it means exactly the same. I mean, the
2: players, Yeah, and I
0: think a lot of this we agree. I agree. It's, it's in some ways harder. I still think 60 games isn't harder than 162 games, no matter what – 60
1: games during on. the middle of a pandemic
2: like, is harder than 162 games you're just simplifying it to 60 games versus 162 games without factoring in all the other, you know, stuff no, that they're going I'm to No, factoring it all in. Saying, it's not well, like I, I, and I agree, agree that really it's not, much more. You're hard. saying I agree that it's harder, but 60 games versus 162 games, Now, You're you're just comparing it. It's black right, and white. Well, that's what I'm saying.
0: We disagree on whether the difficult, the added difficulty you're, you're of these 60, 60 yourself, games is, is
2: what Ryan was I'm saying. I'm not.
0: Yes, you are. Now, what I'm saying, in order to well, – let me clarify – these 60 games that they're playing are more difficult than 60 normal games would be, obviously, because of all of the circumstances around them. But I still don't think that 60 games with the attendant difficulties is as difficult as a 162-game six-month season. I just don't think that's
2: that they're comparable. allowed to think that way, but when there's actually, like, players coming out saying this season is harder than a 162-game season, I'm going to, you know, side with – players and agree with them because I have the same mindset and also they're the ones actually having to play and go through this so if they say it's harder why am I to say that they're wrong so I guess we can just leave it at <laughs>
0: because, that. Because Lord knows you would never disagree with anything a baseball player says.
2: Everything We should just well, think everything they say as gospel and never disagree with doing And I'm not? Yeah. Like I, I can't speak on it otherwise.
0: You literally speak on it every week. That's what we do in this podcast. You're constantly speaking on things that the players are doing that you're not doing. That's literally
2: what we do. What have I disagreed on that a player has said as far as what their daily routine is, what their job is, how difficult their job is?
0: I don't know. I guess we'd have to go back and check the tape. Exactly. But so. there's been lots of times. My point is, the entire you, you speak continuously on things that you're not doing and the players are. You can't, can't disagree something with say, something so. a player says.
1: Well, you're saying 60 games doesn't mean as much when the players are saying it dies and you're not <laughs> playing. So that, and like, you're
0: also some players. It's not like this is a monolith that every player agrees.
2: Have you seen any player come out saying, oh, this season's easier?
0: How about players who decided they're not going to play the season because they don't think it's worth playing because it's 60 that's, games. and it That's play. because that's it's not the same. middle of a
1: pandemic. Up, not a single – well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Not oh a single man. player opted out and went, I'm not playing because this season doesn't much. You don't think there's one player
0: that opted no. out because they thought, You no. know what, I've got a I've got a contract next year and I'm not gonna risk injuring myself in a season that's as screwed up as this no. You don't think one I, player did I don't that? Think I don't every know. single I don't player know. opted out because it's the middle
1: though. of a pandemic. Like they you know why every single player form.
0: opted out? Have you guys it's, talked? To
1: they every all released. You know they all their... released a statement. They, oh my God! You are Not, literally
2: picking and choosing right now.
1: That was the no. worst argument I've ever heard in my life, and I am about to hang up on this you.
2: You really believe that?
1: <laughs> yes. You really believe it's that there family wasn't family. one player despite let's, let's look. what they're saying? you look. think look. there wasn't let's, one player that? Hold on, that hold on, hold on. Let's look. Buster Posey opted out. He just had two preemies. Okay. Do you think didn't That's the kind of Zimmerman and Zimmerman is in a contract year? Yeah, Ryan Zimmerman contract. Ryan
2: Zimmerman's career is pretty
0: much over. He's not going to play again after okay. this.
1: Joe Ross does not know what his career is. Doesn't know who he like. Doesn't know anything. He's the type of guy to be playing. Right. Do you think he opted out because this season doesn't mean that much, or did he opt out because he didn't want to get sick and get? His I don't know. Sick? I don't
0: think he released a statement, did he? Uh, oh
1: um, God. he was literally like, "Hey, my parents are doctors, and my brother's also." Now he here never my said are, that. His yep. parents are doctors, and both of them is, literally opted think- out.
0: All right no, well, my, 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 my let me talk
1: my, oh now oh, that, oh, now, now yeah yeah from yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay
0: are you finished?
2: Oh dear God, we need to move on, we need to move on <laughs> let let's move on to the Nat's bat
0: did he actually hang up? come on, Ryan <laughs>
2: all right, Nat's bat time
0: okay, um. Did Ryan actually hang up?
2: No, he just muted himself. He's cooling off.
0: Okay. Well, is he going to participate in the Natspat? I don't
2: know. He's his own man.
0: Okay, Ryan, are you still
1: there? I don't know who this Ryan character is you keep referring (laughs) to. Um, I opted out because this podcast doesn't mean as much because this season doesn't mean as much.
0: All right. Clearly, you're very uh, passionate about this subject. I can just disagree with you without, you know, refusing to participate in the conversation. Um, I am but if
1: giving like to move people on, something to listen to, okay? I mean, I didn't
2: know we were allowed right. to pick and choose as far as our <laughs> go, so yeah.
1: Yes,
0: well, we, again, can agree to disagree. I don't think this season means as much as a normal season. And I don't disagree, that it's very difficult. That's not the point I'm making. The point is I still don't think this season is equivalent to a regular season. And I actually think this is going to be a moot point because I don't think they're going to finish the season anyway.
2: Uh, this doesn't but, sound like the NatSpat segment, though. Or <laughs> it
0: on. doesn't. So NatSpat is our quick little bit of time on each topic, which will be the opposite of what we just did. Okay, they went one and two this week, four and six overall, guess, and they are fourth.
2: Well, one and three, in yeah. Yeah. yeah, One and three. Now that the
0: game oh, over. right. I didn't. There's a game over. I we're not I yeah. on. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: We
1: did. I did that before the game.
0: Okay. Uh, one and three on the weekend. Even then. worse. <laughs> okay. Max's injury. Yeah, that
1: so, does not make it better. Yeah. So those who did not see Max tweaked his hamstring. He came out after the first inning. He said he felt it before his outing against the Blue Jays. Didn't think anything of it, and it got worse. And the question is, how concerned are we about this? Personally, I think we are slowly starting to see Father Time catch up to Max Scherzer, and Mm -hmm. I feel like first note he basically like threw his back out when he got out before the World Series. He's had neck issues from sleeping weird. He hurt his hamstring. Um, Mm -hmm. They didn't say how. I, yeah. sleeping <laughs> Getting out bed, and like they not really say how he tweaked his hamstring, but it's kind of just minor stuff, and it's good that it's not his neck or el—I mean, his shoulder or elbow. Um, back does linger, but I think we're starting to see Father Time start to creep up on Max, and that's like Max is going to be the last person to admit that or even realize that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. I feel like he does need to be a little bit careful because there's been a lot of times with Anthony Rendon where it was a minor hamstring injury, and we just never saw him again. So I I like him. <laughs> so to be now we careful. really don't see him again. So. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So on a scale from say Anthony Rendon's oblique to Strasburg's. Tommy John surgery. How concerned are we Jesus about Christ, that?
2: what <laughs> <it> range. <rained. laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I mean, saying? That's I, your, your one to ten be, there.
2: I, I would be concerned. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, another injury, but like a Trey <laughs> Turner broken finger or something. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm concerned a lot of what Ryan said was what I was going to say. I saw the tweet that said, when, you know, father time catches up to Max, Max is going to be the last person to realize it. Yes, I was just
0: thinking that too. He'll be the last one. That's
2: so He'll be the most
0: surprised.
2: That's so (laughs) true. Um, And Ryan's absolutely right. Like, Max clearly takes care of himself. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to be so effective at this point in his career. Not that he wouldn't be pitching, but, you know, he's still a Cy Young caliber pitcher. I mean, he's – that window is closing, but – He still has that potential in him, even at age, what, 36 or whatever uh, age he's at Is he 37 yet? I don't know. Um, He's he's up there. Oh, okay. Um, But he's getting up there, especially, you know, as far as a pitcher goes, or just a a baseball player in general. Um, And uh, obviously, as you get older, your ability to heal as quickly, to recover as quickly, like that, that time frame lengthens. So... Uh, a minor hamstring injury like he has now might linger longer than he realizes. And yeah, he said he felt it before the Blue Jays uh, series. So maybe a younger 27 year old Max, he gets over that hamstring injury after a couple days, but now 35, 36 year old Max has that hamstring injury and he feels it through before his last start. And now it's lingering and even worse at his next start and who knows how long mm-hmm. it, it might continue on. So Ryan's right, he absolutely needs to be more careful, and hopefully Davey gives him some days off. I mean, these games yeah. count, what, 2.7 times? As I think that's the math, yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's how it, much the World it, Series if,
1: counts more than <laughs> 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 if,
2: if we go on a losing streak here, if we lose five, six in a row, it might just be time to, not that we couldn't overcome that, but it might just be time to, like, think long, long-term here and shut down Max, shut down Strauss, and, you know, let the young guys work. Keep keyboom in the lineup. Let Both and Fetty ha- fill in those spots. Bring up um, Rutledge, I think his name is, and see what the yeah, young Jackson, guys have. Rutledge. You see what these young guys have because, like, the, the older guys have nothing to prove. They just won the World Series last year. Like, it's very hard to go back-to-back, and back-to-back would be very cool, but also they have nothing to prove anymore. So um, I err on the side of caution for sure.
0: So you have some more concern than Max, it sounds like. Yeah, and yeah. I worry about hamstrings. It's like he didn't seem concerned, but it's hamstrings of pitchers really mm-hmm. are, are troubling to me because they, they make you, like, it's not enough pain to really stop you from pitching, but it's enough <coughs> to make you alter your mechanics just enough that you,
1: you hurt something else. Well, remember... So
0: he probably shouldn't have gone out and pitched against the Blue Jays if he was feeling it
1: already. Remember, Jeremy Hallickson pulled his hammy covering then, first, and we we legitimately never saw him, him again. No, he, re, he, re, that he retired. That.
2: You know what the, the best thing about this hamstring injury is, though? What
1: would it be? Uh,
2: there is a universal DH, so Max doesn't even have to hit and run the bases. Thank God there's such a good implementation to the National League that saves our pitchers and prolongs their career.
0: Gosh, yeah, if only he didn't have to pitch, which, as we just discussed, can lead Excellent. to a change in mechanics. That can really, because
2: if, if he had to oh, okay, while go. pitching, <laughs> this injury would probably do him in for the season. But because he can only he only needs to focus on pitching and can focus on that, we might see Max Scherzer again. So thank God that he doesn't have to do more than so really, he to do. So as decreed by Nick, if we didn't
0: have the universal DH this season, we wouldn't see Max again for the rest of the year. So
2: Tangman Wong literally ended his career because he had to run the bases.
1: Tanaka pulled both his hamstrings for running the bases.
2: Yeah, so your argument's pretty invalid. All
1: right, moving on.
2: Wouldn't be the first time,
0: though. (laughs) Oh, for Christ's sake. Okay, let's talk about Strauss, which is a better story. Looks like he's actually going to make his debut tomorrow. We're recording Saturday night, for those of you who are listening to this on Monday, so Strauss is going to be making his debut Sunday.
2: Yeah, this is surprising.
1: um, For those of you who are listening to this on Monday, Nick and I will probably be Dead because Amanda is about to explode on us. Um, it is surprising.
0: Please, you, ba- I have five children. You two cannot leave. You, ca- you cannot drive me to that challenge. Time, accept
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: uh, I've, I've got teenage boys. I can handle the two of you. I'm fine.
1: <laughs> it's surprising, but I'm
0: excited.
2: You clearly, never played a a COD match in a Search and Destroy Toxic lobby, so.
1: That is a true story, I have not yeah, we were that. we were molded by this so.
0: <laughs> we were made for this moment, anyway, Strasburg.
1: yeah, so it is surprising. um, I feel like they should keep a short leash on him. He hasn't pitched in quite some time um in well, in a real game, and he had the little nerve discomfort, so if he has the first glance of any type of discomfort in his hand, pull him, but I'm excited. He should do well. Um, I mean, the Orioles, they're not good, but then again, look what they've done to this pitching staff so <laughs> far.
0: We're making but them look good. That's Yeah, so sure. he,
1: he should do very well.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to see him for sure, but it's almost like at what cost. So I'm hoping, yeah. you know, short leash, low stress, you know, don't expect him to go seven. If he's, if he's done after three, pull him after three. That, that would be perfectly fine. Um, and then throw, uh, Harper hasn't pitched in a couple days, so he can go two or three innings. Boom, that gets you through six. And then it's a, a normal bullpen day after that. So, And plus rosters are um, shrinking as time goes on. We're already down
1: to what, 28 now? Yeah, but they're uh, not going yeah. down below that. They decided oh, to stick not? at 20. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. Is, is that the latest? 20, 28 is it.
2: Yeah, because they were originally okay. going to go down to 26 after like next week, right?
1: Yeah, but just because yeah. the MLBPA they have wanted
2: it at thirty makes no sense. They're they're gonna yeah, try to
1: get it back up because they want yeah. more protection for the pitchers. Uh,
2: on the bright side, it got Bonifacio off the team, so yeah, thank God. Yeah, a positive came from it. <laughs> um, but yeah, just be so very. why do you hate
1: trumpets?
0: What do you have against trumpets? This whole
1: thing is a trumpet.
0: Trumpet? No,
1: nothing. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, like instead of the baby shark, like Bonifacio does a trumpet whenever time something happens. He like and plays they had it. like
2: a
0: trumpet yeah. in the dugout. The whole trumpet thing. That's why. Yeah, I would, mean, you yeah. guys know how but, I feel about
2: Nats fans glorifying below-average players. So leave that it's
0: your favorite thing. It's your <laughs> it's your most favoriteest
2: of all uh, things. Let's move on to uh, another. Anyway, before we move on in,
0: about straws, yes. Well, I want to, real quick about Strauss, I have severe anxiety about him coming back. I think we talked before about maybe they just shut him down, which, for the people who are still pretending that this season matters as much as a regular season, might not want to see them do that, but I really think, like you said, Ryan, if he feels even the slightest twinge of anything that could be discomfort in that hand, I just want them to shut him down and let him heal that injury, because I, you know, with Max also ailing, at least in some small way, and Strauss you know, having this issue with his hand and Sanchez not looking good. I mean, our supposed to be the best rotation in baseball is not looking so hot at the moment.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Sanchez.
0: Speaking of Sanchez, that is a good segue to talk about Sanchez, who is strong. Mine was better.
1: So in two starts, Sanchez has gone 10.1 innings. He's given up nine runs and four home runs. Um, that is not, that's not good, Bob. He's also walked four people. His ERA is just north of seven. When the Nats gave him a two-year deal, they knew the second year of his contract was going to be a big question mark. He was prime to come down. Like, he had two, basically, career years in a row at 33, sorry, 34 and 35. Now he's 36. That screams regression. Um, so I'm not too surprised by him struggling. It is early. He did struggle very early last year. I think he started off 0-6 with a six-year array mm-hmm. and then just completely turned it around. Maybe he does that this year. Um, maybe not. Who knows? But the good news is, even if he doesn't, his contract's up within the year. And also, Voth and Fetty have looked really, really good. They so, have. Which is very surprising. But So like, if he continues to struggle, that's okay. You have his replacement, which, uh, I mean, hopefully he turns around like he did last year, but we'll see what happens.
0: Wasn't it an injury last year? Didn't he go on the IL and when he came back healthy, that's when he really turned it around?
2: So he might just be, you know, done now and just might not be effective, but I'll, I'll save some room for optimism just because he did turn it around last year when we thought he was done. So maybe it is an injury. Maybe it is just him warming up. He has the capability of turning it around, but we also have to realize that he might not turn it around. He might be done. So,
0: Yeah, indeed. Okay, speaking of things that the Nets are not doing well, let's talk about the offense.
1: All right, so um, everyone knows I like my stats. Um, I love stats. I like numbers. And I was just looking at how this team is doing so far for the first 11 games. Ooh. Boy, um, so here's, here's their team ranks. Why, why, why don't we just go through this real quick? Um, they rank 29th in runs. The only team below them is the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have played five games. Um, there are teams who have played less than them that have scored more than they have, so that's just dandy. And then they rank 28th in home runs, 24th in OPS, 29th in RBIs, 29th in walks, 27th in on-base percentage, 21st in slugging. 27th in hits and we talked about this a lot in the offseason the biggest question facing this team was did they do enough to replace what Rendon brought to the lineup and through the first two weeks that answer is no and how bad is it there's been five people who have hit through the three and five hole this season they're combined 269 310 404 with two home runs and 13 RBIs, that does not count Juan Soto. If it did, it would be three home runs and 15 RBIs. There are players who have more home runs and more RBIs through that through this many games already. Well, that just
0: made me sad, Ryan. <laughs> I feel it sad is, now.
1: It is rough, and like so. The thing is, I'm not all that surprised. Like yeah, getting the band back together is great, but you went out and put yourself in a situation where you were relying on a 37-year-old, a Cabrera, a 36-year-old Howie Kendrick, a hit-or-miss platoon guy, in Eric Thames. When Zim opted out, that truly, it hurt. Like, Zim opted out, was in a situation where that hurt this team, and now you're putting a 21-year-old who did not get a spring training in a situation where he needs to be the best he can be every single night to overcompensate for the fact that Trey is not hitting, Eaton is not hitting, no one in the lineup is hitting. I mean, Jan Gomes doesn't have a hit yet, and it's been, he's played like, what, five games? It's just bad one through nine. And the next point is Adam, and, uh, sorry, Adam Eaton, Trey Turner, when they go, the offense goes. But this year, yep. in the last seven games, you got Trey slashing 185, 258, 259 with one RBI. Um, and no stolen bases and four strikeouts and then you have Eaton in the last seven he's slashing 148 207 185 two RBIs 10 strikeouts so basically every single inning Starlin Castro is batting lead off because they're not getting on and that just throws everything off and that's why they're averaging a little like a little north than three runs per game and it's just it's just ugly right now
0: yeah, that is. those are ugly numbers, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, even if you're not looking at the stats, you can see it with your own eyes. Like, they don't look good out there. It's, it's definitely been a really depressing week of watching the Nets play baseball.
1: I mean, like, the Orioles' pitchers aren't good. They threw Tommy Malone against this offense, I and they know. got shut I know, we got out.
0: embarrassed by Tommy Malone. Come on. And they on. also
1: threw a guy today who was making his fifth career Major League start and he had a career ERA just under nine. And he held yeah. them in check. He held them in check. And it's like they're making terrible approach. Like their approach at the plate is awful. Like Trey cannot work a count to save his life. Adam Eaton will get out on four pitches every single time. Starling Castro, he's, he's having a good season. I, I will give it to him. I don't like him batting third. But he's, he's having a good season at least. Like he's yeah. getting on. He's hitting the ball. Um, Soto he may take a little while won't ever criticize Juan Soto we move on Kendrick's starting a little slow um, he did have that four for four game I mean Ashruba Cabrera is your team leader in RBIs with six like <laughs> that's when you know because he should be batting six or seventh and when you lose Rendon yeah. it's just it changes everything like last year Trey and Adam Eaton got pitched to a lot because teams knew Anthony were going, and Juan Soto were coming up. And so they were getting a lot more pitches to hit. And now teams can basically do whatever they want to every single pitcher where these guys are going to start chasing out of the zone because they're not seeing anything close to what they're seeing last year because there's no big threat behind them because this entire lineup is just neutral outside of Soto. And we're going to see this all year long.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot to that, that the, the the loss of Rendon is so much more than just his own hits. It's so much what other people are seeing to hit because he's not there. And, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, that, that conversation we had about can you – did we do enough to replace him? I mean, clearly not. I don't even think it's no. possible to replace him. But the no. other thing is that, that part of the replacement was supposed to be the improved bullpen, not giving up runs late in games. And, well,
1: <laughs>
0: well, yeah. <laughs> No, even...
1: oh that's, that's here well, we are well i'll make one more point about the offense before i talk about that but that's the thing though like the shrivel cabrera flourished on this team because like rendon and Soto were always on both of them have 100 rbis because teams had the pitch to the top of the order and they're always on and shrivel cabrera just do his little poke check into opposite field and that's why he thrived here but now he's doing that and it doesn't really mean anything because no one's on, and the guy after him just going to strike me. out anyway. That's
2: why, why RBIs are not a good stat to exactly.
1: player by. Yeah. R- RBIs are a team stat. They're not an individual stat. And it's just, it's rough. And then you look at the bullpen, we're kind of seeing what we saw last year. Like, right now, Sean Doolittle cannot get anyone out. Like, he's just no. not... The outing
0: tonight, which is Saturday, for those of you listening, we're recording this Saturday night's game. That outing was brutal.
1: And, like, he's just not good. And we'll talk about what Davey had to say about him in a second. So you can't use him in the eighth inning like you wanted to. Will Harris is on the IL. Two of your three late-inning guys are gone. And so that puts a stress on everyone else, and they're going to have to pitch more, and they're going to be pitching out of their comfort zone which is what we saw last year, and then just taxed everyone until the bullpen collapsed, um, and eventually like the Nats elite started pitching just in the offense. were like, it doesn't matter. We'll take it from here. You don't really have that this year. So it's, it's a very interesting thing that's going on with this team. Like, It is still early. Um, on Sunday, we'll hit the 20% mark of the season. A lot can happen to that 80%, but as of right now, this team is just not playing good baseball.
2: Dude, Did you guys see, not. Um, uh, completely random, but Ryan just said we're going to hit the 20% mark, uh, the A's have won like seven in a row, and the fans made a sign that said like 21.6 in a row. Because <laughs> nice. obviously like in w- whatever year the Money Bowl was at 2,000 or something when they won, what, 20 in a row? So now they're saying 21.6 in a row. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny.
0: Yeah, that's well done. Well done by them. Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to grab onto that you had said, Ryan, was talking about Castro hitting third. And you know, it's bad enough that he's hitting third, but you you made a great point about if Trey and Eaton aren't on, it's basically like he's hitting leadoff. Yeah, and like he's doing pretty well right now, but I do not want carlin Castro as our leadoff hitter, and that's no. essentially what we're seeing right now. And you know, Soto being back in the lineup is going to be a very important thing because he is the scariest bat the Nats have got so that brings us to our next Nats bat topic which is Juan Soto finally has made his 2020 debut yeah,
1: get higher in the lineup I agree he he needs to get more ABs um the dude just he can just hit like he's a natural hitter um his first AB back low in the way just slapped it down the left field line for a double beautiful hitting like he the man can just hit he, he needs to move up. I think they need to completely rearrange this entire lineup. Don't really know what it will do, but they need to start mixing things up, and so does this guy get more ABs.
2: Yeah, like I – What would
0: you do with the top five?
2: So my I put, I tweeted this the other day. I tw- Well, this is what I tweeted. I did Eaton, Trey, Soto. I think I had Howie fourth in the DH spot, and then I think I did – Castro teams or whatever and then after that it doesn't really matter. I'd still have Robles ninth Um, But the Nats the way I view some of the guys in my life like Trey Eden and Robles to me are all the same people Like as far as you can interchange them however you want But you're getting effectively the same thing whether it's getting on base or speed some combination of both whatever so that kind of makes it difficult to, for example, bat Soto second, which you see Aaron Judge batting second. You see Bryce Harper batting second. At least Mike Trout. There. Mike Trout. Like you see all these guys batting second. Chris Bryant. Re- yeah, Chris Bryant. There's, the real problem is there's no one to put behind Soto that's truly a threat. Yep. And that's why it won't, point. it won't matter where you put him. Ideally, you do put him <clears> a second because it's like, yes, it's the new wave of baseball, but we've seen it to be effective. Uh, like, and obviously, I think Ryan just said it. Putting them higher in the lineup means they're going to come to the plate more, and that's what you want out of your best hitters. Like the days of the typical, you know, three, four, five, heart of the order. That that's just not as. I mean, that's still true, but it's just not as what it once was so getting Soto to the plate especially with no one behind him why not bat him second and get him to the plate more like that way you still leave Trey or Eaton batting first so if they do get on and Soto goes yard then it's a little bit you know more impactful but I I would just bat him second maybe I think you have to drop Trey I, I just, but then again, if would you, you drop Soto, it
0: behind Soto or would you leave in, in the leadoff?
2: You probably have Trey still first because you don't want to start lefty-lefty with Eaton and Soto. So uh, maybe Trey, Soto, Castro, and then I don't even know what you would have, do after that. Like, where line, would you put Eaton, I
0: guess, is the question. Yeah,
2: you drop to. Eaton to eighth or ninth, I guess ninth, and maybe move Robles up. I don't know. It's Yeah, I think you would move Eaton to ninth because then he could effectively be another leadoff guy for Soto. Yeah. Who would, in that situation, like, say you had nine one two coming up, well Soto is effectively batting third in that, you know, when that. So yeah, I get what you're saying. So maybe I mean, the Nats lineup is so weird to construct. Like there's really only so much you can do with it, whereas someone like the Yankees, and I know we're going from arguably the worst offense in baseball to the best offense in baseball, but that, yeah. they, they just have so They have
0: better options. options as right, they sure, just though.
2: have so much they can do <laughs> with their lineup, and that's why they can hit Aaron Judge second and Gleyber Torres fourth and, you know, Luke Voigt ninth. Yeah. So.
0: And I think the reason it's so hard to construct the Nats lineup is they just don't have anybody scary except for Soto and with no protection. The reason I think the Nats were so had such success last year is that that, that punch of, of Rendon and Soto was you you had to pitch to people because that was there. And now that it's not, like you go, okay, well, you know. We don't have to pitch around anybody because we can just pitch around Soto. We don't, have to, we don't have to give anybody else anything to hit. And I think that's what we're seeing is nobody's getting good pitches because Soto hasn't even been in the lineup. And now that he is, yep. he's the only one they have to worry about.
1: Yeah, yep. like we've seen this, this season has 2015 vibes all over it. Like in it 2015, does. the only person in the mm-hmm. offense who did anything was Bryce Harper. Like he statistically had the best offensive season any active player has ever had. And he didn't even get 100 RBIs because no one was on. Um, They they need a right-handed power bat. And the problem is they're not cheap. And that's like they don't have a farm system to go out and get one. And the the learners don't really spend on position players. And you look at their farm system, they don't have a power threat in the farm system developing. So it's like how do you go get one? Because Oh, Until then, sorry. Until then, like you're gonna have to bat Castro after Soto because he's the only person hitting. Yeah. Like he he has a 400 on base percentage. He leads the team in runs created. Yeah. Like you're just gonna have to put him behind it just because they're like, well, this guy could easily hit him in with a single. Like it's just the only threat they have.
2: It's just such a huge drop from Soto to Castro, and Castro is the second-best hitter on the team, which is such a bad thing to say. Yeah. Um, but These I, are I more just,
0: things that make me sad.
2: Right. I, I wonder <laughs> now that the Universal DH is sticking around, if the Nats will pay up for someone just to... They, be. Uh, they certainly should, um, but I, I, I would wonder if they view their window with Max and Strauss as long enough. I mean, they just gave Strauss a seven-year contract, but I wonder if they view their window as long enough to, you know, worth investing into a DH type. Like JD Martinez is older and only DHs, but he's been widely successful. Nelson Cruz, another great example, widely successful. You get a guy like Kyle Seeger. Yeah, Kyle Seeger who can, you know, fill in that third base, which is a hole for us right now. Or, I mean, even someone like Marcelo Zuna. Like he's just bad defensively, but you have great defensive options for at the outfield that he could just slide into that DH role. I mean, Stanton's DHing for the Yankees. So I wonder if they will prioritize or invest in a DH. But otherwise, yeah, they don't have options to, you know, fill that role internally.
0: Yep. Okay. Well, that wasn't a very short Nat's Fat segment on that. but yeah, I covered a couple <laughs> let's of try, Let's try on the
2: next Yeah, we, we went through we a did. lot. Yeah, we covered Trey <laughs> and Eaton and Soda. So let's just go to Doolittle.
0: We'll just go to Doolittle, which is... Just such a tough thing it to watch. Sucks. Like I know everybody's like, rooting for Doolittle, but oh my God, it's just he can't. You can't put him out there. I mean, I think he barely no. touched ninety in his outing tonight.
1: Eighty nine. Um, so in case you guys missed it, um, Dave Martinez publicly talked about Doolittle. Um, he said that they need Sean to be Sean. Um, he said this team is going to be good. Doolittle has to be Doolittle, and he wants to help, and he wants to do well. He did not say that he was going to take him out of, before, before Saturday, they said he was not going to take him out of high-leverage situations because they sometimes they need that lefty matchup. Today, after the game, Dave Martinez assured everyone that it's not injury-related. Um, oh, God,
2: that's worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, that... That
0: is worse. I was that, hoping for them to come up with a phantom injury at least and be like, he's going on the, so on the I.L.
1: He's not... It's not an injury, um, and he's throwing 89. In his first outing with the Nats, he hit 98. Uh, so that happened over three years, and he said they're going to have to try him out in low-leverage situations just to get some type of confidence back in him because he's he's broken right now.
2: Can... I ask you guys the question: If this was anyone else in the bullpen besides Daniel Hudson, do you think uh, they would still be on the team?
1: No, it would, yeah, they would. But... They would have. They would have gotten the same treatment about Bear Claw, Elias, yeah. all those other guys. Kind of what I'm thinking too. Like I, I, I want
2: Doolittle to do so well.
1: I uh, honestly but... wonder if he he doesn't look like. he He doesn't look like himself he doesn't look like he's in good shape like i can't like he looked like he's kind of lost weight but at the same time kind of punched up like there's nothing wrong with that but i really wonder with everything else that's going on in the world right now if he didn't have his same like off season and same workout regimen that he always does there also might
2: be that internal conflict that i'm sure a lot of players struggled with, but when they were deciding to opt out or not and are still continue to struggle with, now you see outbreaks affecting entire teams um, of whether or not to opt out. And it's like he knows he should opt out because of his family, but he doesn't want to opt out because he's older, he only has so much time left, but also like he wants to go out there and compete. So I just wonder if that to someone like Doolittle who's way more you know, mentally aware of the situation. You, you've heard him speak on, like, all these uh, issues and happenings in the world. He's so well-spoken. You know, he puts a lot of thought and time and care and effort into, uh, like, researching and thinks before he speaks, which is so rare to see nowadays um, from someone, like, in a higher-up position or someone we, like, look up to, so to speak. Um that I wonder if he's just always, con- like, thinking about it and it's just really wearing down on him. Because I agree with you, Ron. He just doesn't look like himself. He doesn't look I – d- I don't want to say he doesn't look healthy, but it's just – he does look different. There is something different about him. But then again, it could just be he's so dejected because he can't pitch anymore.
1: And there's always the chance that he's just done. Like, Yeah, unfortunately. Like, there – this is bad to say, but, like, I, I love Doolittle, I love him as a person, I love him as a player, but there comes a point in your time when you just have to ask yourself, like, am I just done? Like, can I just not perform at the same level anymore? And I, I honestly feel like he's getting to that point, because this was, this was the time when, this was sorry, this was the outing when he should have been fine. He was going up against a young, inexperienced, just not good Marlins lineup. And he Boreal. got lit up. Oh, sorry. Boreal. Excuse me. Yeah. And yeah, he uh, just just didn't do well.
2: We know relievers yeah. to be volatile. Like we know this to be true. We've seen the best seasons of uh, from reliever. Look, look at Edwin Diaz, arguably the next best thing at the closer position when he was with the uh, Mariners gets straight to the Mets and just can't pitch anymore or at exactly. least not to the same uh, level. Zach Britton. I mean, there's so Kimbrough. many, so many. Yeah. Kimbrough's the, the most egregious one. There's so many of them. So it shouldn't be a shock, but it, it is a hard pill to swallow. Um, But shout out to Dang lovely, it. lovely lady. C. she said uh, she tweeted this. So I'm not going to, you know, claim it as my own, but she said that he should have pitched yesterday, which yep. would be Friday in the 11 zero game, because, Nothing more low leverage than being down 11-0 to the Orioles, so he absolutely should have pitched yesterday.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. That would have been the perfect time bringing him in in a tight game like tonight. I don't know what Davey was thinking. I get he wants to get him right, but you need to find out if he's right, not lose yourself a game.
2: Especially if it's not an injury thing. You know, if you're if you're yeah. someone 89 and you're not hurt you need to build his confidence
0: yeah and then, I mean like you said he's 33 it's not like he's super old but that's also not super young and it might just be that, he has an injury history I, I hate too. to even say yeah. it but he may just be washed and and I, you know nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to think it but after tonight's game his era is 18 and his whip is four
1: yeah. I mean every every player hits that moment in their career when they just can't do what they used to be able to. And all the signs are kind of pointing to that—that that we're at that with do.
0: I don't want it to be true.
1: No, it's just—it's just—it's so hard to watch. Yeah, it is. Hard it's tough to follow. Fun. tough to take.
0: All right, we're going to move on to our fair, fair or foul fair segment. Blah, blah, blah. Ryan, you want to hook us up? Yeah,
1: I love fair or foul. We've not done this in a while, so for new, new heaters out there, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of this. I'm going to ask six questions. Um, If Nick or Amanda agree with it, they are going to say fair. um, And just a quick one-sentence reason why. And if they disagree with it, they will say foul. And a quick one-sentence why. We will have three questions about the Washington Nationals, and we will have three questions about Major League Baseball. It's a quick little fun segment that I got while I was watching MLB Network one day. So are you guys ready? Ready. Ready. All right, hold on, I have a chopper gunner right now, so give me a second. Okay. <laughs> so, fair or foul? The Washington Nationals offense can be fixed this season.
2: I'm going to say fair. It is fair. However, it's also foul because it won't be fixed this season, but because it says can be fixed, that is true, they could fix it but it won't be. Okay, I'm going to actually do
0: one sentence. Fair. <laughs> It's too early to give up on it yet.
1: All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> um, I'll just say I think if Adam Eaton and Trey Turner start hitting, uh, things should go differently. That's all I shall say for that. Um, fair or foul? Robles is not struggling offensively. This is just who he is. Fair. Uh
2: I don't – I'm trying to think of one sentence, but I'm just going to talk. Um, I, I've i been on this boat, and it's not anything against Victor Robles. I just don't think the hype is there. He's great defensively, but he is – I think this is who he is offensively. He's not terrible, but he's not someone you can rely upon offensively. And we've seen his exit velocity and his Woba and all of that stuff and his Bofa. Like, they're all really bad. Um, so – I just think this is who he is, and it doesn't mean he can't be an effective ball player, but I don't think we should you know, be expecting anything more.
0: He eight Juan Soto. I'm going to go foul on this one. Um, he's 23. I, I don't know that he's reached his ceiling yet, so he's certainly not been all he was cracked up to be or all he was hyped up to be, I guess I should say, um, coming in as a prospect, but I think there's still... Trade There's him no for Arenado.
2: That can be trade him for Arenado. I would
0: make that trade.
2: <laughs> well, people all the
1: were saying no because of years of control.
2: God,
1: I hate people. Um, I will point out that this season, uh, he's breaking ball pitches being thrown to him is down almost 10%. He's seeing breaking balls 26% of the time, and he's seeing a fastball over 60% of the time. Um, that is – up from last year because last year the concern was that he just could not hit off speed but we move on um fair or foul the washington nationals will use the covid money losses as a scapegoat to let rizzo go and you could throw Davy in there as well foul do you think both i actually
0: don't believe they're gonna let rizzo go i don't think they're going to I Davey? think somehow they're gonna work it out. Davy, I, I don't think that's they're gonna tough. let him go either. At least not right away. Didn't he get a three-year deal? Doesn't he have more time? This is both their yeah, last this year. Is
1: it. Yeah, they, they were, were tied. tied. Oh, this this is yeah. year three. Oh, baby, <laughs> this is year three. I th-
2: yeah,
0: I don't think they're gonna let either of them go this year.
2: I th- man, if they it's if a one question. of them if one of them was to go, it would definitely would be Rizzo, and that's not because. Davies better by any stretch. Rizzo is better, yeah, more important, but he has earned every penny of whatever he's gonna get in his next contract. And we've seen the Nats time and time again not put stock and not put value into the manager position. And I would assume that is the same for the general manager position as well. I mean they wanted Bud Black and they gave him a terrible contract offer and Bud Black said, Screw you, I'm not I'm backing out. And then they hired Dusty and all that stuff. And Dusty's going to take pennies on the dollar just because he loves coaching and that nothing more uh, appealing to Nat's ownership than paying pennies on the dollar for someone. Um, So I think Rizzo would walk. I, I think they both come back. I just don't think they would let them go. But that is a very good question.
0: So foul is your answer.
1: Yeah, I guess foul. But I can see it happening. I just All know. I want is to be on those teams as a manager for, like, 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's an amazing – that's the impossible manager. dream. Yeah, but I'm talking about like head coach. Um, moving on, now the next three questions are going to be about Major League Baseball as a whole. Um, fair or foul, the new COVID requirements will not work. Fair. Fair.
2: Fair yeah we don't think yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on fair or foul the miami marlins are legit foul
2: (laughs) i mean in like the straight up sense like on paper it's foul but i think in this what the season means i think it's fair they're Seven and two, and like I said earlier, if they just go five hundred for the rest of the season, which is a big ask, for, especially for from a team like the Marlins, um, like they'll most likely make the playoffs. That's above five hundred, uh, uh, all in all. So I think they will make the playoffs, but they're not a real threat. So I, wherever you, hmm. whatever you do you think they're going to make the playoffs? I, I do, I, I do, I, I think that there's in plenty of other like playoff-caliber teams that are struggling, and plus with an expanded playoffs, then there's no reason the Marlins can't sneak in. There's 16 teams making the playoffs. They just have to be, you know, upper 50%. Why They're not
1: us? Playoffs. Why not us? Why not us? Um, and then the last question for fair or foul. Fair or foul? Aaron Judge is the new face of baseball.
0: Foul. He can't, he's not going to be able to stay healthy. To be the face of baseball, that, I think he good, could be if he were point. a durable guy, but he's not, and I think he'll be hurt yes. before the end of the year and probably every season. I, I can't see the guy ever. Yeah, he's a too big. Season.
2: Yeah, um,
1: I say that's a great point.
2: Um, I'm gonna say fair as of right now because to you know a casual baseball fan, to a fringe baseball fan, whatever, home runs are sexy and nobody is better at home runs than Aaron Judge, arguably than Aaron Judge. So that, like, Griffey wasn't the best baseball player in the league when he was in the league, but he was the face of baseball. Um, So I think Judge will never be the best baseball player in the league as long as Mike Trout is alive, but he can be the face of baseball, especially in a market like New York. If he gets a little bit more, you know, active on social media – does funny interviews and stuff I think that will definitely help his cause because I don't see him you know speaking out or like goofing around as much or like the funny clips you see on MLB network or whatever I don't see that but he definitely can be and I think he's arguably the closest has the best argument to say he's the face of baseball
1: I will say for this um, plays in the largest sports market in the world had the best-selling jersey in baseball last year and also Um, The Washington Post did a study, a nationwide study, of average sports fans or people who don't watch any sports. Um, 48% of Americans said they knew who Mike Trout was, and that was the second highest in baseball. It was only behind Bryce Harper. So I think for now, he is the face of baseball. Mike Trout was only 22%, by the way, which is horribly embarrassing. Yeah, that's really bad.
2: But a lot of that's the Angels' fault as well. Wait, yeah, the
1: 48%
0: like, you said knew who Mike Trout was. Did you know No, Aaron sorry. Judge,
1: sorry. 48%? 40, 48% of Americans knew who Aaron Judge was. And that was second gotcha. behind okay. Bryce, Bryce Harper. Harper. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, The face of baseball is all about markability. And right now, outside of Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge is the most markable player any place in New York. So I yeah. say fair. A lot of, and, lot of
2: things going for him. And plus, yeah. the all-rise thing is super cool. I mean, his last name but, is Judge, yeah. but super cool that you have a slogan to play off of. By doing the same for marketability, for that long. is. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, I just, I just can't. You know, usually the guys that they get hurt all the time, it just never stops. I look at somebody, yeah. you could be a yeah. great player, and if you're not, if you know, look at like Jordan Reed, who played for played for the Reds. I'm sorry, with the Washington football team. You know, <laughs> he he was an amazing player, but he could not stay on the field and yeah. eventually it just it was over. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. one of those tantalizing yeah, we, flashes of brilliance and then hurt again. So I hope I'm before. wrong because yeah. I hope he has a great career, but I just uh, he, he gives me that, that kind of Jordan Reed vibe. Who do you, you, know you think
1: is the face of baseball right now?
0: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I guess think... I would have said Mike Trout just because I feel like I guess it's hard to get out, so I can't believe that number is 22% of people. Only 22% know who he is. That's insane to me. But maybe Harper, I guess, would be my other guess because I, I Harper's think just so good at marketing himself because baseball sucks at marketing their stars, but he yeah. markets himself.
1: Yeah, it was, it was Bryce for a while. Um, like He has all the nationwide commercials. Under Armour gave him the largest endorsement deal any baseball player has ever gotten, um, mm-hmm. but I think now it's Judge and Bryce's too. Like I mean, everyone knows who Bryce is just because he's yeah. such a polarizing person, mm-hmm. and like every account posts what he does. And now accounts counts. Oh, excuse me, I had a stroke. Um, accounts <laughs> yes. are doing the same with Aaron Judge what they did with Bryce. So yeah. Exactly. yeah, Although I still feel like we could just
0: talk about Bryce, and everybody knows who we're talking about. Do you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Right. I think that tells you everything you need to know.
1: Yeah. Yes. Once you once you hit All that right. first name basis, man.
0: Yes, you're like Cher.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, let's rock through these Twitter questions real quick. Okay, we got two from our pal at One Lovely C, who posted a fire picture of herself on Twitter today. She looks fantastic. Um, we, Your first one is, we still think this lineup is league average. Nope. I think we kind of touched on that.
1: Yeah, we, we intensely talked about that one.
0: Yeah, we got that covered. Okay, the next one is assess the Nats pitching development, please. So, this is an interesting one.
1: The Nats have a long history of not being able to develop pitchers. Um as a franchise, they're known more for developing hitters than they are pitchers. Like if you look around, Soto, Bryce, um Um, I completely forgot the third person I was going to say. Oh, Rendon. Rendon. Yeah, Rendon, um, Zimmerman. There's guys like that who they have been able to produce a hit, but pitching-wise, they just haven't been able to do anything. Like, guys, for some reason, either come here and they struggle or they're drafted here and they struggle and they go elsewhere and they, like, shine.
2: being the only exception but he's also arguably the best player in MLB draft history.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... So, like, look at Trevor Rosenthal. He's at ERA just over one right now. Um, Blake Trinan was a disaster here. Yeah. left and was the best yeah. closer in baseball for a while. Um, and then you go look at the fact Lucas Giolito, Giolito he was bad here. And then he had, he's struggling now, but he was in the Cy Young conversation. Gio Gonzalez um, was a lost cause. And then the Brewers are like, stand on this side on, on the rubber. And he's been pretty good since. I could keep going on, like. I just don't know what it is within the organization. Like they struggle with it, and I don't know if it's because Mike Rizzo loves drafting guys who have injury concerns and they don't pan out because those injuries keep flaring up, or their scouting department is off, or what. But like it's just something they struggle with. There is good news. Um, Eric Fetty and Austin Both seem like the I've first two that. pitchers this franchise has ever developed. So that that's that's a. Yeah. Good thing. <laughs> I was just going to say, the pitching
2: coach, his name is Paul Manhart, right? Yeah. I think he has made a world of a difference. I don't remember who the pitching coach was last year that got fired, but obviously he got fired for a reason after a disastrous start, and after that, you kind of felt a change. And granted, we got new faces like Hudson and, and, and whatnot um, that certainly attributed to that, to riding the ship and, and whatnot, but I think Paul Menhart has a lot to do with the improvement you see in guys like Fetty and both, and I hope that translates more, um, but obviously I'm not in the in the building in the clubhouse, so I don't know for a fact, but it, on paper it seems like he has a big impact because they gave him a contract at the end of the season, so...
0: Yeah, and you know, actually, I've always had a kind of weird thought about Menhart. Like, he was the guy down in the minors for them who was kind of like the head of their pitching development, right, before he got he bought on though. last year. Yeah. So, how is a guy who has touched every pitcher that's come up and not been good enough through the minor leagues come up to the majors and suddenly make such a big improvement at the major you league level? It's just you is such a strange how? thing to me.
1: He went from having a bunch of minor leaguers to having a team that had Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Patrick Corbin at the top of their and game. Yes, <laughs> but
0: the disastrous bullpen last year, you know, like it felt like it turned around once he right. once he came up. So it's just weird to me, and I, I don't know what the answer is. No, I... I something I, that I, occurred I to will me. It's it a weird though. thing.
2: Yeah, but also, he like people like Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez, they were effective when pitching for Menhart in the minors, and then when they got to the mi- major leagues without Menhart, that's when they struggled So there's an argument to be made that they were good under him, and then when they left that's when they struggled
0: so. That's an
2: interesting point.
0: Okay, one more we have from at one pursuit takes says if you were the Nats GM What realistic trade would you do if any before the trade deadline?
1: Realistic? Um, none. Mm. I just I don't really think they have anything um, dream scenario J.D. Martinez, maybe even, like, Kyle Seeger, but realistic, none. I
2: would – oh, sorry.
1: No, you're fine. Go uh, ahead.
2: I would trade anyone on expiring deals, so Sanchez, Thames. I would consider even Castro if someone really wants to pay up for him. If not, that, no, it's fine. He's on, the, like, a team-friendly deal or whatever, so uh, that's fine. If no one wants to pay up for him, we'll, we'll take him or we'll keep him. Um, maybe even someone like Kurt Suzuki, if someone needs catching depth, you know, try to replenish the farm system as much as you can and just let the young guys take over let them play and see what you've got, um, and, and go forward from there. But those are the only realistic trades I would make. I wouldn't buy any pizzas, um, even if, if you wouldn't go
0: buy- for that extra, that extra bat to protect mm-hmm. Soto or anything, you wouldn't try to make a splash.
2: Not, not right now. I, I would wait until you get a better picture of what next year is going to look like. Because, I mean, hell, you might have a lockout next year too. So that's something you yeah. got to think about.
0: Well, if I couldn't get Arenado for Matt, then I think I would just probably sit tight. I, I don't know that I would want to trade away at any of our meager right. um, prospects for... For anything, you know, for anything, right now, it, I I don't know that. By the time we get around to the trade deadline, too, you know, we're gonna know by then in such a short season whether it's even worth trying to do anything. But I don't know. I don't really think they're gonna do anything. I think Rezo's probably just gonna gonna let it ride and and see what we end up with. But
2: yeah, yeah. I, I, this will be the only time I say like doing nothing at the trade deadline is like okay.
0: Yeah. I guess yeah. If they're especially if they're like borderline, which it looks like is going to be the best they can hope for by the trade deadline with the right. record they have now. I also
2: don't think if, teams are going to teams that find themselves in positions to to buy at the trade deadline. I don't think they're going to be paying all that much. Yeah, for one month. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's it exactly. And for one month of a season that you know, if there's a catastrophic outbreak, might not even finish. It just seems right. like nobody's yeah. going to be in the mood to spend.
2: Right. I agree
0: okay so let's do our one big takeaway for the week Next, um, you start?
2: yeah I, I have one uh and i think ryan has said this before but i'm not sure i think it's as close to being confirmed as you could possibly get um i am wondering and this is my one big takeaway i think joe madden is very overrated
1: my, my friend oh. has been saying that for a very long time and i he kind of won me over a little bit. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, if uh, he got all this hype from the Rays World Series right. team, but please look at that roster. That yeah, roster yeah. was that loaded. Roster.
2: And now in 2016, yes, he loaded. was the manager of the 2016 team, <laughs> but look at that 26 Cubs team. You got peak performances from almost everyone on your roster. I mean, you it was literally the perfect storm. That was arguably one of the best teams in the last 20 yeah, the years.
1: Fast closer. Yeah
2: right outside right. of money right and, and i guess the question C. is
0: how <laughs> much credit do you give to the manager for getting peak in performances that, at in that players?
2: situation i don't think you, he could get much because then now you you look at 2017 2018 2019 and they got worse and worse every single year he wasn't getting peak performance so you would think if he was able to get peak performance out of his team in 2016 you would have gotten some sort of yeah, What the hell you been doing for, right, for the last throughout the years. next three years. But now you insert David Ross, who is a part of those teams, people are the best him, team in the NL. And they're the best team in the NL. With the <laughs> same roster. They're argu- their roster is roster's arguably worse than it was last that's year. That's a very good point. So I-, I just wonder if he is overrated. I, I think I believe it now. Mm-hmm. So that's my one big takeaway. Food for thought. Ryan, what yep. you got?
1: Um I was gonna point out that the A's having two walk-off Grand Slams start the season is amazing. It's awesome. But my one big takeaway is Fernando Tatis Jr. is the most Oof. exciting player in baseball. Agreed. And I think he's going to be an absolute stud. Sorry. Um someone got a hold of my uh, my headphones. Did <laughs> you hear that?
0: <laughs> I did hear that. <laughs> He wanted to give us his one big takeaway. That's
1: He's funny. literally smacking my microphone right now. <laughs> his one big
0: takeaway is your headset. He's
1: going to take it right away. Right? <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> he just, he right, just woke so, up. He <laughs> <laughs> He
0: wanted to get in on the action. So my one big takeaway this week is injuries that I, I think everybody coming into the season was rightfully very worried about COVID and how dangerous that could be. But I think it was not given enough consideration how dangerous all this starting and stopping is for these athletes bodies, particularly the pitchers who need, you know, who need a really long, like that's spring training is a long time of warming up. That's why they report sooner than anybody and why they get so much work and repetition. And even after the whole full spring training, they come in on shortened pitched counts, usually in the early part of the season and like expecting these pitchers to be able to, stop and start and not make their regular, you know, their regular, do their regular routines between starts. And I just, I'm very concerned about injuries and hopefully not really serious injuries to a lot of these pitchers. But you could have guys who have career ending or season ending or, you know, things that affect them forever from this, you know, from this weird sort of schedule that we're doing. And as more games get postponed and rescheduled and more double headers, and I don't know, it just feels like a mess and I'm worried about, you know, non-COVID injuries a lot more than I had considered coming into the season.
1: Yep. That's a very uh, good point.
2: It's, uh, it's a more difficult I forgot, season than uh, I f- normal.
1: <laughs> I forgot the numbers, but there's a really good article that had a graph of how we've seen three times as many injuries, pitcher-related injuries, through 10 games this year. <laughs> Sorry, someone just ripped my headphone out. <laughs> um, three times as many pitching injuries through this point in the year, this year compared to, like, any year in the last decade.
0: Three times as many. That that actually would, sounds right. Like when you, I feel like we're hearing about
1: yeah, injuries all the time, every yeah. single day. Yeah. Um, Amanda, yeah. I just want to also point out that he just took my other headphone and just started running <laughs> with it, trying to jump off. So... <laughs> This is his one big takeaway.
0: <laughs> he is a naughty he is a naughty boy. He, is, he sounds adorable. I hope we can get a picture of him with an emoji over his face sometime soon so we can check him out. All right. You guys got anything else before we go?
2: Nope. That's it. Nope.
0: That's it. That should be enough. I think I don't know how damn long oh, we talked. I, I do it's have one other one. thing,
2: not baseball related. Okay. I'm hoping the Caps win tomorrow, so that way we don't have to play the Hurricanes in round one, and oh, the yeah. Hurricanes yeah. Twitter doesn't try to make a rivalry a thing again.
0: Oh, it's just not a thing. I feel it's like it's thing. the way that Cowboys fans feel about our fans here in Washington. Like, we we still
2: want it to be a rivalry, and they're like, who? Y'all have stuck <laughs> yeah, for 20 yeah, years. Yeah, I would imagine it's the same thing. But, like, thing they,
1: literally, they literally think it's like a top rivalry in the NHL, and I'm like, ex- excuse me, no, like, it's caps pins, a huge right. gap, and then, Even like,
2: Caps-Rangers Caps-Rangers, Rangers, or so. Caps-Bruins, Myers, like, Caps-Bruins, I'm excited yeah. for the Bruins, Bruins.
0: game tomorrow, yeah. yeah, because the Bruins and the Caps hate each other, and they're going to beat the hell out of each other tomorrow, and, neither and them, unfortunately, they're... I have yeah. to work and won't be able to watch the game, so I'm pretty pissed about that, but
2: yeah. I will uh, listen going to it on to the radio. The, I'm going to my in-laws, but I've already arranged, uh, I've struck an agreement to have the Caps game on at their house while I'm there. So. <laughs> struck an agreement. Yeah.
0: yeah. Everyone in my family knows that if you schedule things when there are playoff games on, then you just have to accept the fact that I will be watching the game <laughs> at your house. Right. That's the way it's going to be. Yep. Yeah. So good l- Good luck to the Caps tomorrow. And um, I hope they look better than they have the last couple games because they look pretty, <laughs> pretty bad. Not
2: great, Bob. Not great.
0: National desk, I would call them. It's <laughs> not good. All right, so thank you all for listening, especially because, I swear to God, I feel like, guys, we these podcasts get longer every week,
1: really. We're only a baseball to
2: talk about. We're excited.
0: I know. It's true. So um, please be sure to follow all of us on Twitter. I'll give the handles one more time, at awhite7877 for me, at DCNATShack for Ryan, at HalfShack Cat for Nick, at takes for OTT, at Taylor. It for Monty and half at half Street High Heat for the show. You guys have a good week. Talk to you soon.
2: Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team is mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause this past the wall to see you later. Let's. Play. we're gonna win today let's go Oh my god.